You're listening to Simply the Best Sports Take, the best podcast breaking down the best stuff in sports with host Sean Bingham. His takes are so good, he dropped the mic, but then you wouldn't be able to hear him, and that would suck. Welcome in again to STB Sports Take. I am Sean Bingham, your host, and today we are talking about the greatest point guards and shooting guards in the history of the NBA. Following up on last week's talk with Craig Bowlerjack and responding to the ESPN Top 100 and all the many mistakes they had in there. So we're going to bring in a couple of basketball experts to help us out today. One of them is Drew Pearson, a good friend of mine, been covering basketball for 25 years. The other one is Colin Terry, who's done both player development and scouting for the NBA. Tons of basketball knowledge and experience. We're going to get his insight as well. Let's just go ahead and get started. We're going to start with the point guards. Magic Johnson, to me, is the greatest point guard of all time. I don't think there's any question. I don't think anybody else even compares. Um, I think John Stockton's right behind him uh, at number two. But uh, Magic, to me, is just undoubtedly the greatest point guard the league has ever seen. The flair, the finesse, the charisma, uh, the size. I mean, he was six foot nine playing point guard, but he had handles of guys that were six foot one. He played 13 seasons, won five titles, went to four, uh, four others. So he was five and four in the, in the finals. 13 for 13 on making the playoffs in his career. That's pretty impressive. League MVP three times. Finals MVP three times. Nine times the, uh, nine times. That's a a recurring theme here. Nine times was the All-NBA first team selection. Never did make the All-Defensive team, but as I'm looking on this list, I made a short list. I made a short list uh, for point guards. The guys that made the list, Magic Johnson, John Stockton, in no particular order after this, Chris Paul, Steve Nash, Oscar Robertson, Isaiah Thomas, Steph Curry, Jason Kidd. Those are the guys I put on my short list. That's the top eight. I don't necessarily think Steph Curry even makes the top eight, if I'm being honest. I only put him in here because I dug deep into the stats of each of these guys. And I know that Steph Curry is somebody that's loved right now, and he's a maniac right now. So I had my producers do some really intense research. So uh, shout out to Phil Hyatt and Johnny Spock, the producers of STB Sports Take, Simply the Best Sports Podcast. Those guys are studs, and they did some fantastic research. So we've got all the stuff right here in front of us to prove why we're right and everyone else is wrong. So on the short list, again, Oscar Robertson, Magic Johnson, John Stockton, Steph Curry, Steve Nash, Chris Paul, Isaiah Thomas, Jason Kidd. Those are the eight that we looked at. Anyone outside of those eight, I don't think has an argument to be one of the top two of all time, probably not even the top three or four. You could start to make arguments, you know, around the six or seven mark, who's the sixth and seventh best point guards of all time. Bob Cousy, we didn't put in the list, but that's because the highlights I've seen of him are him dribbling with his right hand while going left. So he was probably pretty good at his time. I don't think he'd stack up against these guys though. So uh, no offense to Bob Cousy for all you uh, old timers out there listening. We love you. So um, John Stockton to me would be would be probably the backup. But I want to get into you know the defensive stuff that we were just talking about with uh, with Magic Johnson not being on the All Defensive Team. That sounds like a bad thing. But as I look at this short list, the only guys that have made the first team All de- All Defensive Team are Chris Paul, who did it five times, and Jason Kidd, who did it four. Chris Paul is still playing, and he may still likely make that team a couple of times. But Nash, Curry, Stockton, Isaiah Thomas, Magic, and Oscar Robertson never made that team. 
But John Stockton absolutely should have. John Stockton is the all-time steals leader. You're telling me the all-time steals leader not one time made the all-defensive first team? That seems kind of like a kind of like a mistake, I guess. But uh, so those are the guys. So if you look at uh, let's look at Steph Curry. Let's compare him to guys like the guys I've got him right next to here are Steve Nash and Isaiah Thomas. Steve Nash probably the most overrated MVP in the history of the league. Steve Nash won two MVP awards, and I don't know how he did it because (laughs) he was a great player, but MVP means you were the very best player. And those are years that like Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett and even LeBron James were, were in the league and playing great. 2005, 2006, Dwayne Wade won a championship in 2006. So I'm kind of surprised that Steve Nash won too, but he did it, so good for him. Three times on the All-NBA first team and uh, didn't win Rookie of the Year, never went to the finals, went to the playoffs 12 times. Uh, five assist titles, that was his biggest accomplishment. 14.3 points per game uh, for his career, 8.5 assists. He did shoot 43% from three, pretty impressive for Steve Nash. 49% from the field. Steph Curry, 44% from three, the best of any of these guys on here, followed by Nash, followed by Stockton followed by Paul, Chris Paul, and then Jason Kidd, Magic Johnson, and dead last is Isaiah Thomas at 29. Oscar Robertson, there was no three-point line, so his stats obviously don't exist for that that category. So on my short list of guards, I'm going to have to say I'm taking Magic and Stockton. And if I were to rate after that to get into a top five, I'd put Oscar Robertson at number three. Oscar Robertson was league MVP once. And of the guys on this list, Magic won it three times, Nash twice, Curry once, Big O once. The other guys never won it. Isaiah Thomas maybe should have, but uh, he played in the Bird-Magic-Jordan era, so can't really fault him for that. Uh, Rookie of the year, Jason Kidd, Chris Paul, and Oscar Robertson won it. Guys that have titles, uh, obviously Magic has five. Isaiah has two, and then Kid, Curry, and Big O each have one. Kids, of course, did come with that Mavericks team that beat the Heat in 2011. He was not as big of a factor uh, in those years as he was earlier in his career, but he still was a pretty integral part of the team and did win that title. So um, getting back to Big O, 12-time All-Star, three All-Star game um MVP awards, most of anyone on this list. He also averaged the most points of anyone on the list, averaged the most rebounds of anyone on the list. But he was uh, fourth in assists. First was Magic, second Stockton, third Chris Paul, and then Big O was fourth. But Big O leading the way for these point guards with points per game and rebounds per game and all-star MVPs, all-star appearances, only one to win Rookie of the Year. Uh, 11th all-time in points, highest on the list of anyone on this uh, in the point guard category here. So Big O comes in at number three. The reason I put Stockton ahead of him, which is tough, it is tough, as we read the numbers and now you're thinking Big O should be ahead of Stockton. Wow, that sounds impressive. And it is. But uh, Stockton, this is crazy. Stockton made the playoffs 19 times out of 19 tries. Every single year he made the playoffs. He went to the finals twice, lost both times, in six games both times, to Jordan and the Bulls both times. But he was an amazing player, 
one of the best passers we've ever seen. He's the all-time steals leader in NBA history, the all-time assist leader in NBA history. That's really, really tough to beat. Um, he was All-NBA first team three or four times. Let me see here. All-NBA first team twice. Uh, nine assist titles, nine years in a row, and uh, two steals titles. He averaged 13.1 and 10.5 for his career. Shot 51.5% from the field. The only guy on this list to shoot over 50% from the field for his career, other than Magic, who shot 52. So it's really close between those three, um, Magic Stockton and Oscar Robertson, when you just look at pure numbers. But when you dig into the intangibles, Magic, to me, to me takes the cake by far. And then I would say Stockton, number two, the big O, number three. And I'd have to give it to Isaiah Thomas at number four, and after that, it gets really hazy. Steph Curry, Steve Nash, Jason Kidd, Chris Paul. I'd probably put Steve Nash eighth out of these eight. Um, Curry, Curry is tough because Curry is so good right now. Like what he did last year and what he's doing this year are things that we've never seen before. If he can keep it up, then yeah, he ends up in the top three or four point guards ever. But like I said last week on the show, he hasn't done it yet. He hasn't earned it yet. He hasn't done enough. You know, what happens if he gets hurt tomorrow? So I just can't put Steph Curry that high on the list. But if I'm being honest, I I would take him over Nash. Uh, Kid got the title. Chris Paul hasn't done a whole lot more than Curry has, but he's been doing it for four more seasons. So maybe I'd put Paul ahead of Curry and Kid ahead of Paul because Kid played 19 seasons, went to the playoffs, 17 times, went to three champion, three NBA finals, won one of them, did get rookie of the year, five times uh, all-NBA first-team selection, which is actually the second most on this list. Uh, excuse me, it's actually the third most behind Oscar Robertson and Magic, who each got nine. Paul had four, and then Steve Nash, three, Stockton and Isaiah, two, and then Curry with just one. So that's another reason Curry can't be you know, so high all time. He's only, only once has he been considered the best point guard in the league for that season, which was last year. He'll probably get it again this year, though. So I'd put, uh, so again, I'm going to say Magic Johnson, John Stockton, Oscar Robertson, Isaiah Thomas, Jason Kidd, Chris Paul, Steph Curry, Steve Nash. That would be my order one through eight uh, for the point guards. So let's take a look now at the shooting guards. And by the way, Send me a tweet at Sean Bingham, S-E-A-N-B-I-N-G-H-A-M, at Sean Bingham on Twitter. I want to hear what you think. Who are your top point guards? So tweet me at Sean Bingham. Let's look at the shooting guards now. Anyone that doesn't have Jordan as their number one shooting guard of all time deserves to be shot themselves. (laughs) Not really. But Michael Jordan is far and away the greatest player this game has ever seen. He literally robbed championships from people all over the place. Hakeem Olajuwon was the one guy, Drexler was able to, who made my shortlist, by the way, of, of uh, shooting guards. Drexler got in on that action as well, where it was like, hey, Jordan's playing baseball. Hurry, everybody, let's get a championship. The Rockets got both of them. So um, Jordan is for sure the greatest there ever was. And if we're just looking at this shortlist, the, guy who's, the guys who made the shortlist along with Michael, like I said, Clyde Drexler, one of them, Jerry West, Kobe Bryant, and Dwayne Wade. I'm a huge Dwayne Wade fan. I think Dwayne Wade's top five years are among the best the league has ever seen. He just 
kind of tapered off a little bit these last few years. And then he was somewhat overshadowed by LeBron. Uh, I'd say it was a probably the most equal one-two punch that we've ever seen out of a championship team. Usually there's a very clear-cut Jordan or Magic, but this was like LeBron and Wade were both getting 20-plus a game. They were taking turns who was leading the team and scoring. And if you ask me if they had gone to Wade against the, the Mavericks in that first championship that they lost in 2011, I actually think that D. Wade probably takes them to victory. In 2006, Dwayne Wade had the best finals performance maybe ever. And that's coming from a diehard Michael Jordan fan and a big-time Michael Jordan believer. Dwayne Wade against the Mavericks in the 2011 finals, the the Heat were down 0-2 and getting their butts kicked in Game 3, and Dwayne Wade single-handedly brought that team back, scoring 40 a game, four games straight. And the Heat won in six after being down 0-2 and getting getting creamed in uh, Game 3. They The Heat came back, D. Wade was clutch, and... Uh, was finals MVP that year in 2006. Got the scoring title in 2009. He's a three-time champion. Went to the finals five times. 10 out of 13 years of his career, he's made the playoffs. 12 All-Star appearances. All-Star MVP once. uh, All-NBA first team twice. And never made the all-defensive team. That actually surprises me. He never made the uh, the first team for all defense. Nine times for Michael Jordan, nine times for Kobe Bryant, four times for Jerry West. Clyde Drexler and Dwayne Wade never made that first all-defensive team. Uh, First all-NBA team, Kobe with the most on this list, with 11, Jordan 10, Jerry West 10, and Drexler with one. What's interesting about Jordan, though, is that only one full season didn't result in him being on the first all-NBA team. Only one, which had to have been his rookie year, because he played 15 seasons. We're not going to count those two with the Wizards, okay? So get rid of those two. And then he had the season where he came back out of his first retirement and only played 17 games or so. So that season doesn't count because he couldn't have made it that year. And then his second year in the league, he was injured. So four of his 15 years that he played honestly don't really even fully count because two of them were less than, he played less than a fourth of the season. And then the last two, he was 40 years old playing for the Wizards. And even then he was still, he averaged over 20 points a game each of those two seasons with the Wizards in his late thirties. And even, I think he even turned 40 at that time. So you got to wonder if Jordan had never retired that first time to go play baseball, would he have won eight championships in a row? Was anyone going to stop those bulls? Because they won three straight were pretty good without him. They made the playoffs at least and stuff. But then when he came back, they won three straight again. So it's like, could the Bulls have won eight championships in a row in the 90s? I mean, that would have been absolutely incredible. So Jordan is unprecedented, you know, the number one uh, without question. Three steals titles for Jordan. Nine times on the all-defensive team. The only guy on this list with a steals title. So if I'm going to rank these guys, I'm saying Michael Jordan, number one. Kobe Bryant, number two, Dwayne Wade, number three, Jerry West, number four, Clyde Drexler, number five. Those would be my five top shooting guards of all time. Allen Iverson's an interesting one. He was kind of a point guard, shooting guard combo. He's more exciting than some of these guys, but he never won a title. All of these guys got at least one. And 
You know what's interesting about Jerry West? Jerry West got a title, and he got a finals MVP, but his finals MVP was in 1969, and his championship was in 1972. So he actually got a finals MVP in a year that the Lakers lost to the NBA Finals. The only guy to ever win the finals MVP on the losing team. LeBron probably should have gotten it last year, but I think they just decided they weren't going to do that anymore. That was the first year they ever gave out the Finals MVP award, 1969, and Jerry West won it even though the Lakers lost the, the finals that year. Kind of an interesting fact. But um, AI was a guy that was so quick, uh, six foot one, and could dunk on guys. Uh, super exciting to watch, but never won a title. Did take the Sixers to the finals one year against the Lakers where he stepped over Tyrone, Tyrone Liu. But um, you can't really, I don't think he, I don't think I could put him in the all time list with these guys, especially since he wasn't necessarily a true two guard. He was more of a point guard. So that would be my list Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Dwayne Wade, Jerry West, Clyde Drexler. Again, though, send me your tweets at Sean Bingham on Twitter. I want to hear who your top shooting guards are of all time. All right, with that, we'd like to welcome in a very good friend of mine, a former high school basketball teammate who I believe averaged more points than I did minutes per game. Drew Pearson is with us. Drew, thanks for joining us. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So, Drew, we're talking about the uh, the all-time greats in the NBA. I know you are a diehard basketball fan. You've been following your whole life. So we want to talk specifically about point guards. I know you grew up in Utah. Um, where does John Stockton rank? He's a guy with zero championships, but he is the all-time steals leader. He is the all-time assist leader. Where does he stack up against the all-time point guards? Yeah, I think uh, he's got to be in any conversation that you talk about top guys. He's got to fit in the top five for sure. I personally would love to put him at number one. Um, I don't know if his ever, if you look at his career stats and say what he accomplished over his career, I think he can uh, justify that. If you look at his peak performance, maybe his best year versus a guy like Magic Johnson, Magic Johnson would probably get the nod. But uh, if you're looking for longevity and those type of things, I think uh, he's in the conversation for number one for sure. So, you know, for for guys like you and me, um, you know, we didn't have the I've, – I've seen Oscar Robertson highlights. I've seen Bob Cousy highlights, but I never saw them play. I mean, how do you think – I mean, just totally speculating, how would those guys do in today's game? Because I feel like Bob Cousy would, would have guys running circles around him. I don't know, though. <laughs> yeah, I think you're probably right on that. Uh, old Bob Cousy, you know, hard to imagine <laughs> that he could – keep up with an Allen Iverson or, uh, you know, some of these other guards or just with the height and everything else. But, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure the Bob Cousy yeah, highlights I've seen, he's, he's driving left dribbling with his right hand. So yeah, it's a, if you could go around <laughs> your back back then, you were pretty impressive. <laughs> so what's interesting. So, you know, we, we've kind of gone through this ESPN list. That's what inspired, you know, some of this talk. Steph Curry was ranked the number four point guard of all time on that list. Does that seem premature to you? Where would you rank Steph Curry? I know he's having a fantastic year right on the heels of a phenomenal year last year as well. But where does he stack up against guys like Magic and the Big O and Stockton and Isaiah Thomas? Like, Where, where does Curry really stand with those guys? Yeah, in my opinion, I mean, he's... He's got a chance to be in that conversation, but right now I have a hard time putting him there. 
Um, again, if you're talking about peak performance this year, he's putting on a show that very few ever have. But you're talking a guy who's, you know, maybe been to the All-Star game two or three times. He's uh, He does have a championship. I'll give him that. But, uh, yeah, I just uh, I think it takes, when you're talking about all-time greats, you can't be a flash in the pan. And if he goes down with an ACL injury, you know, next week, that's Great point. What he could end up being. So, Great point. I mean, would we have uh, said this about? Would we have said this about Derrick Rose two seasons ago? You know, and I mean, nobody would put him in the all-time greats. Yeah, now. he won't. He won't even crack the. You know, he won't even crack any list. Yeah, and we would have said that about him after his MVP season. He would have been right where Steph Curry is right now, probably. Great point. Great point. So let's move to shooting guards real quick. I mean, obviously you've got MJ there. Is there any question he's number one for shooting guards? Is there somebody that could challenge him? No. Okay. <laughs> just I, w- I wish there was because uh, he shoved off on Byron Russell, but uh, <laughs> but there's not. There's no debating on uh, who the best shooting guard ever was. So the what's interesting is that I, I agree with you. To me, there's like no question it's Michael Jordan. But then the debate does become kind of fun for who's number two. Um, on my personal list, I've got guys like Kobe Bryant, Jerry West, Dwayne Wade, Clyde Drexler. Who makes your short list there? You know, on the heels of Jordan. Yeah, you've got Kobe. Um, obviously, in modern day, um, and I'm not really sure who else. I mean, those two obviously stand out in our lifetime as number one and number two. I have a hard time moving anybody up above them. But you even got like a Dwayne Wade. Um, James Harden's going to put out some crazy career stats. I don't think that uh, he'll ever be on a top five because he doesn't know how to pass the ball. But yeah. um, he can so, choose for it. Let me ask you this. So if, you, if you're, uh, say we're you know in a different time and, and you've got the ability to pick Dwayne Wade or James Harden in their prime, who are you picking? Wade. Okay. Yeah, me too. What about Kobe and Wade? Kobe. So how much emphasis do you personally put on championships and how how fair is it, you know, for certain guys like a John Stockton to not, you know, they don't have that championship. So does that really diminish their entire career or cuz you know, Wade's got 3 um but you know, he he definitely had some solid players around him. He had Shaq for one and then he had of course LeBron and Bosh for the other two. Kobe had Shaq and, you know, he had Pau Gasol, but how how much emphasis should be put on championships? Yeah, I mean, that's a tough one. I think a lot should because some guys, they just find a way to win. And that's where I think Kobe kind of separates himself from a lot of guys is he had Shaq for the first ones and he maybe knew it too and said, hey, I I don't want people to say that about me and demanded that trade back in, I don't know when it was, 07 maybe, and tried to get out of L.A. and ended up trading Shaq instead and went through some growing pains and he won some more as the alpha dog. Um, So he's definitely proven that. And Jordan, what separates him is he's a winner. I mean, yes, he had crazy good numbers and, you know, everything else, but what really makes him go down as the goat is, the fact that he just won and won and won. Um, you know, something that I've always, as a jazz fan, I always look at and say, how did we have uh, two top 
you know, 10 to 15 players in Malone and Stockton, a top 10 coach in the history of the league, everybody says, and we won zero championships. That's Crazy. kind of hard to, to swallow from a, from a fan perspective. You want to say it, and they were super consistent for a super long, long time, but they obviously didn't have that, you know, peak performance. Even when Jordan was out, left the league for a couple of years, they couldn't pull it off. Yep. Yeah, and it's interesting. Jordan definitely robbed several of the all-time greats of titles. Yeah. You know, guys like Stockton and Malone, Patrick Ewing. You know, you wonder how many of those guys, Charles Barkley, you wonder how many of those guys would have gotten titles if Jordan hadn't been had taken all of them himself, you know? Yeah, if there would have been a lot more parity in the league if he wasn't in it. So, so all-time backcourt, who are you taking? Who, I mean, are you going to take Magic or Stockton? Are you gonna take, it sounds like you're taking MJ. Who are you taking at your point, though, if you're picking a team right now? Yeah, a lot of it's going to be based on system. I personally would run a system that would have John Stockton running it. Um, I like that. You know, depending on how many guys, you know, how many other great players you can throw in there. But when you're talking about an all-time great team, uh, I think a guy like John, even though he couldn't score like Magic, uh, is who you'd want distributing the ball. There's only so, so many shots to go around. Yeah, so we look at, I've got Stockton and Magic's numbers side by side here. So Stockton, you know what's weird about Stockton? The guy was is the all-time steals leader in NBA history. Not one time did he ever make the all-defense first team. That's crazy. That, that, seems, that seems like a travesty. So Stockton, Magic averaged just shy of 20 a game, Stockton 13. Assists, they were pretty even. Uh, Magic 11, Stockton 10.5. And then, of course, Magic with more rebounds, but Stockton with eh, about the same amount of steals. Their field goal percentage, 52 to 51.5, Magic with a slight edge. Three-point shooting, though, Stockton had a pretty significant advantage, shooting 39% from three and Magic only 30% from three. So definitely Stockton was a a facilitator, a pass-first kind of guy. So who are you going to have backing those guys up? You've You've got your schoolyard pick. You've now got Jordan and Stockton starting. Who's coming off the bench to spell those guys? Yeah, I mean, obviously, if you could have a, a Magic Johnson coming off the bench <laughs> as, a, as a scoring point guard, that, would, that wouldn't hurt. Um, another guard that I think maybe gets left a little too far down the list if you talk about peak performance years is Isaiah Thomas. And his peak, he didn't have the longevity. You know, I think he had a nine-year career um, and was really great for probably six of them. But yeah. here, there were a couple of years where, where he would, you know, Steve Nash won a couple MVPs. Um, and I, I don't know that he, he did what Isaiah did in his peak years. No, um, no, I don't think he did carrying it. Carrying his team to championships. So um, I think he's an underrated one that I would love to have on my team also, just because he, I feel like he had that Jordan competitive, want to win edge and, you know, do whatever it takes. Um, and then, you know, at the shooting guard, Kobe would be a great pick, uh, an older Kobe one that went to the Olympics and was willing to, you know, defer a little bit more often. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting point you bring up about Isaiah Thomas. The guy won two titles, went to three, um, never won an MVP. He did win the finals MVP in one of those championship runs. Um, but that, that just kind of made me think about today's game a little bit. A guy that just is a freak of nature, in my opinion, is Russell Westbrook. What kind of potential does he have? Does he have a, I mean, 
does he have potential to make this list if he if he stays where he's at for a few years or is he to me he's i mean I, you could even argue that he's better than Steph Curry he's just in a different system that doesn't allow him to do the things that Steph Curry's allowed to do yeah i mean he can't shoot the ball like Steph but everything and maybe his handle is a little bit less but everything else he's superior athleticism I mean, from a coach's standpoint, you just look at his physical uh, physical abilities and drool. That guy can jump out of the gym. When he got drafted, I remember actually being like just baffled and almost upset at the NBA system. Here's a guy who backed up Darren Collison in college. Yeah, he went to the Final Four, but he's a sixth man. He doesn't even start in college, and I think he went number three. Yeah. Um, and then, but man, you can sure see why now he is, he's unstoppable. I mean, uh, when you talk about you can't guard certain guys, you cannot guard him. If he's hitting that little 15 foot pull up, he's unguardable. As far as I'm concerned, like as far as just pure one-on-one basketball, him and LeBron James are at the top of an all-time great list, top five, both of them. Yeah, I agree. Well, Drew, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. Yep, thank you. So there you have it. He's taking John Stockton ahead of Magic Johnson, but then he is taking Jordan and then Kobe backing him up. That's uh, that's that's pretty good. I can I can get with that, especially when he says the system. He wants to run a system that fits with the other players, and Stockton was definitely a pass-first guy, the ultimate pass-first guy in the history of the league, the all-time assist leader, probably a record that will never be broken. And, uh, you know, like Drew said, there's only so many shots to go around, so... Stockton's a guy that doesn't mind not taking shots. So I kind of don't mind that pick. I would take Magic, but uh, I like that pick. Quick little fact uh, correction there. He said that Isaiah, he thought, played only nine seasons. Isaiah Thomas played 13 seasons. Um, and then another thing he said that what he thought Russell Westbrook was drafted uh, third. I wasn't sure, so we looked that up just real quick. He was drafted fourth overall in 2008 by the Supersonics. So pretty good off the top of your head memory by Drew but Russell Westbrook did indeed back up Darren Collison. He was drafted fourth overall. Let's turn now, though, to a guy with a ton of experience in both scouting and player development at the professional level. And with that, we welcome in Colin Terry. Colin has done some uh, scouting for the NBA. He's also done a bunch of development with both NBA and college players. This guy knows as much about basketball as anyone you're ever going to meet. Colin, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Sean. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're, we're stoked to talk about this today. As you know, we're talking about the all-time great guards in NBA history. But before we get to that, i got to ask you a question that I know our listeners are going to like to hear your answer on, or not like maybe, and that is about Jimmer Fredette. He's back in the NBA, got a, got a seventh chance or whatever this is now. Talk to us about Jimmer Fredette. Does he have a place in the NBA? What's going to happen with him? You know, Sean, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I, I think Jimmer will be in the NBA for about the 10-day contract. Um, <laughs> with, with, with regard to the NBA, um, the, the, the toughest thing with him with regards to his situation is a lack of athleticism, um, lack of defense. Um, he's got a, with regards to the NBA and the NBA circle, um, his, his inability to, you know, play defense and he's kind of, a, a, a matchup nightmare, 
Um, any any good NBA team is going to if he's in the game is going to look for ways to put him in a pick and roll, mm-hmm. post him up on the block, and create a double team situation. And um, if you're an NBA team and you can create a defensive double team, um, it, it opens up a lot of doors on for the offense and a lot of open shots. Now, for us, for us Jimmer fans, you know, for those of us that are still drinking the BYU Kool Aid, aren't there plenty of guys in the league? I mean, is is Steph Curry like a phenomenal defender? He's MVP last year. He's going to get it again this year. I mean, is he known as being a phenomenal defender? I feel like he's not, and I feel like uh, James Harden does he even know what defense is? But he's MVP candidate year in and year out. I mean, how how important is defense at the at the guard position if you can score? Well, and that's that's a great that's a great point. Um, I, I think I think you're right to a certain extent with regards to Steph Curry and James Harden. You know, I think you know you look at Steph Curry. Does he ever guard Russell Westbrook when they go head to head? No, he never does. No, never does because he'd get you know eaten alive. Uh, James Harden generally uh, is not guarding the best uh, shooting guard or what have you when they're playing their team. That they're playing against, so I, I don't disagree with that. The, the challenge is, though, is both of those guys have proven in the NBA that they can create their own shot against pretty much anybody. Yeah, and Jimmer, whether you could call it lack of opportunity or inability, and I think it's a combination of the two, but probably more so inability at that level to create your own shot and score. Um, you know, those athletes, the leap from college to the NBA is just tremendous. Mm-hmm. And being able to create your own shot at BYU playing against, you know, some West Coast conference teams and things like that is, is completely different than creating your shot on a night-in, night-out basis in the NBA against some of the best athletes in the world. True. I mean, granted, BYU isn't in a power power conference. At the time, when Jimmer was there, they were still in the Mountain West, and you know they were actually ranked pretty high playing San Diego State. And Kawhi Leonard was actually yeah. one of the guys he matched up with. But I, I, I do see your point there. But, you know, real quick, I know we got to move on, but one thing I wanted – you and I were talking the other day, and you, you mentioned something about uh, Kyle Collinsworth, and I think – some BYU fans that uh, love Jimmer and don't love what you just said about his future in the NBA might might be interested to hear what you had to say to me about Kyle Collinsworth. Do you remember that conversation we had? Yeah, I do. So, you know, I think that Kyle Collinsworth has a better long-term NBA career potential than Jimmer does um, for a couple of reasons. The first reason is, is he's 6'6". Um, I think that's one of the things that hurts Jimmer is just pure genetics. Um, he's not, you know, he doesn't have the height and length that is a huge advantage to have as a player in the NBA. Whereas Kyle Collinsworth, he's got that six, six body. Um, I haven't watched him a lot, um, but he looks like a, you know, a, a decent athlete, mm-hmm. which really helps at that level. And then the other thing that I think makes him valuable as an NBA player is his ability to do multiple things. Um, he can pass, you know, he gets a lot of assists. He yeah, can rebound. He actually just broke the, uh, all time BYU assists record the other night. 
Yeah. And, you know, getting a triple double in college is, is a really not only an impressive thing, but it's also a tough thing just because of the way the game is played and the skill level now and things like that. And so I think the combination of him being, you know, six, six, a decent athlete, um, being able to pass the ball, um, you know, being able to rebound his position, which is mm-hmm. really good. Yeah. And to defend, I, I think it's a great combination. Whereas with Jimmer, when you think of Jimmer, you just think, okay, a, a good shooter. Yeah. Okay. But not really anything else. Whereas with Collinsworth, you have multiple aspects to his game. That's a good point. Well, I guess time will tell. We'll see what happens with those guys. Let's, let's move on now to, uh, the NBA though, and something we've, we've been discussing here on the show, uh, for a couple of episodes, just breaking down the all-time greats. It all kind of uh, was inspired by the list that ESPN put out. I don't know if you had a chance to look at that, but we've kind of made our own short list. But I'm curious, if we just talk about point guards only, um, mm-hmm. who, who's, who makes your short list for top point guards of all time? Definitely Magic Johnson. Um, Magic, you know, 6'9", pass the ball, score, you know, Pretty good defender, I think. Underrated defender uh, as a guard uh, with his position. Um, definitely John Stockton. Um, I'm a big John Stockton guy. What he was able to do, um, you know, that's one of the things. You know, I think the BYU fans might not like me as much with my analysis with Jimmer, but with the, the Jazz fans may do. I mean, I, <laughs> to be able to have a a, a run in the NBA, I mean of, you know, 15, 20 years where you're consistently, you know, one of the top teams in the, in the Western conference to me is, is actually more impressive than winning a championship. Really? Just having that long. Yeah. To have that long-term consistency, Sean, Mm -hmm. the NBA, um, you know, look at all these teams that win a title or two and then they're in rebuilding mode. Yeah. And you look at the jazz, you know, they, had, you know, and I can't even remember what a 20 year run where they were. Yeah. I've got, know, it, one of I've got it pulled teams. up here. Stockton went to the playoffs every year of his career, 19 for 19. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's absolute. I mean, the only organization able to do that has been the San Antonio Spurs and, yeah. you know, to be able to be consistently competitive in a playoff team is, is tougher and I've had conversations with general managers in the NBA about this. It's tougher to do than than to win an NBA title mm-hmm. because of the transition and free agency and how everything works. So definitely John Stockton's up there. Um, I would put Isaiah Thomas, you know, is probably number three on okay. the list. Um, he was just uh, a competitor. I mean, just wouldn't back down from anybody. Um, won a couple NBA championships, put up great numbers throughout his career. Um, very, very good. Um, I am a little hesitant, you know, with that list with regards to Chris Paul mm-hmm. at this point. I like Chris Paul, but he hasn't won anything. Uh, in fact, I don't think he's even made it to the Western Conference Finals in his career. So where, where would you stack up, you know, if you put Chris Paul, because this is something I was debating on my own uh, just just a few moments ago, 
Steph Curry versus Chris Paul. I personally, I personally, I feel like I would put Chris Paul if they were both to go down with injuries, heaven forbid, you know, like today, and we never, or they both retire today, and we never see him play again. I, I have a hard time saying that Steph Curry had the better career. I know he got the one MVP and the one the one title, but he only went the only went to the All Star game three times. I mean, he had he had he's had two good seasons. Really, he's in the midst of his third right yeah. now. You know. Yeah, and you know that I agree with that. However, Steph Curry's shooting ability is arguably one of the greatest of all time, and. He Who do you think franchise. wins a three-point shooting contest, Jim or Fredette or Steph, <laughs> Steph Curry? Are you being serious right now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think Steph Curry would beat him uh, nine times out of ten. Okay, so Jim would win one. And the one time as long as we got you on the record Jimmer saying win. that Jim would win one. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think the one time that Jim would win is because, uh, you know, Steph, like, injured his wrist or something by, <laughs> by swishing too many in a row. But, uh, but, um, you know, I think, you know, Seth Curry with winning the NBA title, taking a franchise that was pretty much the laughing stock in the NBA for mm-hmm. years, you know, helping to turn that around. I mean, he's, he's arguably right now kind of even revolutionary revolutionize the NBA game even more than, you know, some other guys that have, that have come along and played and things like that because of the shooting ability and the Warriors ability to, you know, spread the floor. I mean, I was watching the Warriors play the other night and I was watching them play and I'm like, dude, what, what's why I was asking myself, what's one guy on the floor that, that can't hit an open three. I mean, they have that many shooters on that, on that team. It's they do. incredible. They really do. Yeah, what they're doing is is crazy. It's gonna break my heart when they when they break the Bulls record of seventy two and ten. I know they're gonna do it and it's gonna disappoint me, but kudos to them. Man. You really think they're gonna do it, huh? I don't see I mean I guess they gotta play the Spurs three more times, but uh I just don't see I just don't see how they don't make it at this point. Like there's twenty something games left is all. I mean I don't see them losing six of their last twenty. I just don't see that happening. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Yeah, you know, and I and the funny thing about that is, with regards to the Spurs, not to not to go on a, another tangent, but I, I think the Spurs have a have a have a, a decent chance of beating the Warriors in the playoffs. So that yeah. that might be a whole other topic for another day. Yeah, yeah, we'll we will save that one for another day. But they absolutely could. So um, one one question I want to you know ask you with regards to these lists that we're talking about. What makes greatness in your mind? You know, that's something that I think I think that question and the various answers to that question is what causes so much debate because a lot of guys they just want to know the hard stats. Other guys they want to know how many titles you won. Other guys take into account the clutch factor. For me, it's a combination of the three, and I hate it when people just go off of stats because if we just go off of stats, then maybe Wilt Chamberlain's the greatest ever. I don't know. The guy averaged 30 and like 22 for his career. But, I mean, I wouldn't take him in my top 10 probably, honestly. You know, so I'm just curious to you what makes true greatness. I think the number one thing that I look for in a great player, the NBA coaches would say and things like that as well, is the number one thing is does he make his teammates better? 
Um, you know, there's a lot of good players in the NBA that put up great stats, but their teams never win. They mm-hmm. barely go to the playoffs if they even do that. Carmelo Anthony. And they don't, <laughs> and they don't make their teammates better. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the first thing. I think the second thing is maximizing your potential, whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. You know, some people are more genetically gifted than other players. And so maximizing your potential, I mean, going back to John Stockton, I mean, John Stockton's not going to be somebody who's going to be, you know, dunking it from the free throw line and things like that. But here's a guy that not only maximizes potential, but exceeded it, you know, big time. I think Steve Nash also falls into that category as well. And then I think the last thing is, and I think this is one of the most overlooked things for an average fan is he great in all aspects of the game? Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, is a lot of fans think a guy scores 28 points in a game and he's a great player. Well, that same player didn't ever get run back on defense because he was too lazy. Mm-hmm. And so the, his team is you know constantly, there's five offensive players and four defensive players you know, defensive guys on his team and they end up losing. Yep. Well, how can you be a, a great player if you're only committed to not only one aspect of the game, but one side of the ball. And so to me, a, a truly great player is committed to, to, you know, to defense, to rebounding, to passing, to assist, to doing all those little things as well that are just critical um, you know, one of the things that we talk about too is, you know, does the guy play winning basketball and winning basketball is doing those little things is being committed to things that don't necessarily even show up in the stat sheet. So I just think a combination of those three things is to me makes a guy an all time great. I like it. I like it. And that's, that's really good insight, especially coming from you where you've scouted these guys, you develop players, you've, you've been involved in the game. And I like that. Who makes guys around them better? So I'm curious if we move on to shooting guards, where do you put a guy? I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure Michael Jordan's going to be your top guy, right? Um, mm-hmm. If he's not, then we need to hang up now. No, I'm just teasing you. But <laughs> where do you put a guy like Kobe Bryant on the list? Does is, does he make guys around him better? I, mean, I think you could argue that for part of his career, maybe not, but for most of it, probably yes. I don't know. What, what's your take though? I, yeah, so I would, I would put Kobe at, uh, number two. Um, okay. You know, Michael, obviously the greatest of all time. And Michael being the greatest of all time because he did it all. I mean, he, he did everything, but he did. Yeah, I think Kobe Bryant had, you know, a career transformation, a paradigm shift. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he had those three tiles of Shaquille and Hill in the Los Angeles Lakers, things like that. And then he had some down years. Mm-hmm. And I think it, you know, kind of humbled him as much as he can be humbled to the point where he realized that, you know, you need help to win championships in the NBA. Yeah. And so I do think when they beat the Orlando Magic and the Boston Celtics when Paul Gasol was out there, uh, things like that. He won those two titles on his own. It forced him to learn how to develop teammates 
not only, you know, with their skills, help them out, but mental, mental toughness to be able to win those, those tough playoff games on the road or whatever the situation may be. And so I, I do think he, he, he had that, uh, and, and, and did cultivate that through his career. So I would put him at number two, um, you know, the ESPN list puts Jerry West at number three. I, I'm sure he was phenomenal. I never, you know, never really saw him play. I heard a lot. Uh, it's hard, you know, hard to argue with the logo. Yeah. But I would, I would, I would probably put Dwayne Wade at three. Um, Dude, we're on the same page here. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> yeah. I'd put Dwayne Wade at three, you know, just because there's a guy that had to fight for everything. You know, he wasn't, I would recruited at a, at a high school at Marquette and really had to fight and develop his game there. And I think his mental toughness is, is off the charts, um, as well. So yeah, yeah that's, that's how I put my, my top three. I like it. Well, we're going to, we're going to come back to you in a few days and, and chat more about Fords for now. We got to go, but thanks a ton for joining us, Colin. Great insight. Thanks for having me. That's it for today's podcast. Be sure and join us next week as we round out our team. You've got our backcourt. I'm taking MJ and Magic, backing them up. We've got Kobe and Stockton. We're going to talk small forwards, power forwards, and centers next week. We're going to round out an entire team of 15 guys, the top 15 dream team of all time. Please, again, subscribe to this podcast. We love you guys. Give us a good rating. Share it with your friends. Follow us on Twitter. At Sean Bingham, S-E-A-N-B-I-N-G-H-A-M. And check us out on the interweb, stbsportstake.com. Thanks for hanging with Simply the Best Sports Take. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and check out stbsportstake.com. Simply the best in sports. Because we are-